You're listening to Destination Country X, a KPMG tax radio podcast series. We cover key U.S. and foreign tax and trade developments that affect cross-border investment. I'm your host, Kim Major, a principal with Washington National Tax and tax industry lead for U.S. international corridors. We're glad you could join us. Enjoy the program. Brazil has always been a bit of a challenge because it's such a commercially significant jurisdiction, but it's also one that has historically marched to its own drummer in terms of transfer pricing and other tax rules. The recent U.S. foreign tax credit regulations have increased the pressure for U.S. taxpayers to understand the structure of foreign income tax systems. Under the new regs, investments in places like Brazil could turn out to be much more expensive than they have been in the past. Joining me today to discuss are my co-host, Courtney Wallace, an international tax principal from our Detroit office, and Roberto Sales, an international tax partner from KPMG Brazil. Thanks, Kim. This is such a timely discussion as a significant, but let's face it, a little difficult jurisdiction. Brazil has always occupied much of our clients' time and attention, even more so with the recent foreign tax credit regulations in the U.S., which expanded the test for creditability in a way that pretty much renders Brazilian income and withholding taxes non-creditable for U.S. investors. There's a lot that has to happen on the Brazilian side to fix the situation. Yes, we have a lot going on here in Brazil right now. The tax authorities here, along with the OECD members, just presented what they are calling the new transfer pricing system for Brazil. Mm -hmm. And this new system is somewhat different from what we were expecting. Okay. And just as a quick reminder, can you describe how the Brazilian transfer pricing system has worked historically? Okay. The main issue with the Brazilian transfer pricing that makes it unique Mm -hmm. is the fact that we have several methods for calculation that are normally not based on comparisons and not based on the arm's length principle actually. Mm -hmm. So it's cost plus or revenue less, a fixed percentage. And that's many times a lot easier to do than to go through all the process of identifying transfer pricing adjustments as it works in the OECD system, in the transfer price, in the arm's length principle system. But this is basically the difference between the Brazilian transfer pricing system and uh, the OECD system. Besides that, we have the taxpayers being able to choose what method they want to use. So there are several methods available, and some of them would be more compliant with the arm's length. Others would be like these fixed margin methods, not compliant at all. And the taxpayers are able to choose which one they want to use. And that leads to many times a lot of distortion. Yeah, so that's where we get a snag, at least one of them in terms of creditability under the new U.S. rules going forward. But hopefully, with the new announcements by the Brazilian government, we'll get a rule change that will be more conducive to creditability. Mm -hmm. I can say that the market in Brazil, the taxpayers, the professionals that are involved in transfer pricing discussions, everybody was kind of settling for a hybrid system. But the system, as they presented, was actually almost fully, if not entirely, aligned with the OECD principles 
fully compliant with the arms length principle. Mm. So it's in a general sense, I would say this is something very, very important for the Brazilian tax environment. We don't know the details yet, but anyway, the idea is that we are going to cover a lot of situations that are now out of scope of the Brazilian transfer pricing rules, such as one very important is intangibles and mm. royalties attached to, to the intangibles. These are currently out of scope of the Brazilian transfer pricing rules, and they are going to be included. What is the concept of intangible assets that you would be using for transfer pricing? Are you sticking with an accounting notion, IFRS, of what an intangible asset would be, or is it a little bit broader than that? Well, like I said, we don't have details yet, but as far as we know, they're going to use a much broader concept of intangible, not only the accounting concept. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we expect to have a very broad scope for the intangible rules. They expressly mentioned that the DEMPI functions will be there, but we still have to see how are they going to do it. Well, that's got to help. It's got to, right? I think one of the first countries that came top of mind for everybody when we took a look at those new foreign tax credit regs was Brazil, right? And that we're not keeping up with OECD principles and the arm's length standard and when we're determining deductibility and those things. So Brazil jumped out for sure. It seems like the move in this direction is only going to help us there. Does it get us all the way there for all purposes of the rules? We'll, we'll see, but it looks like at least for corporate income tax purposes, that would be a big step. Now, transfer pricing wasn't the only factor that gave us pause with respect to the Brazilian income taxes and our foreign tax credit rules, right? Right, right. I think that we also need to make sure that we take a look at royalties in particular. Mm -hmm. I think that there's provision in the Brazilian rules that would address that, Roberto, isn't there? Yes, that's the idea. I'm pretty sure everybody knows that Brazil today has some very specific rules relating mm -hmm. to royalty deductibility limitations. We normally have limitations for the deductibility of royalty and outside of scope of transfer pricing rules. They intend to keep some of these rules, but they are saying that the rules are going to be used only for anti-abuse purposes, not for general limitations as they are used today. The idea is that this new regulation is going to address basically everything related to intangibles and royalties. And if they actually follow on the idea that they presented, it's going to solve this problem as well, uh, along with all the transfer pricing and arms length problem that we know we have. So if it's done in the way, then we would have the two main problems that we have today solved, which are for the corporate income tax at least which are the arm's length principle in terms of pricing and the royalty deductibility limitations. Is there a lot of IP sitting in Brazil now, maybe for the LATAM region overall? Well, we do have a lot of IP sitting in Brazil. And one of the problems that the tax authorities expressly mentioned is the fact that as the situation is today, without having control or, or transfer pricing rules applicable to the IP, they are many times taken out of Brazil without proper compensation, and Brazil cannot do anything about it. So this is part of the problem. 
as it is today. Is that because of the lack of granularity with respect to valuation principles on intangibles? Or do you have exit tax charges for intangibles once you try to remove them from Brazil? Well, the main issue is that you do have rules for transfer pricing valuation, but it doesn't make sense. When the rules we have are many times, let's say, cost plus 15, which is Mm -hmm. a widely used way of calculating the price for transfer pricing issues. And uh, cost plus 15 makes some sense when you are talking about importation, similar transactions, but it doesn't make any sense when you are actually taking an intangible developed in Brazil and sending it abroad. How much is that valued? We don't have this concept of valuation in this kind of situation. Okay, so wait a minute. If I'm thinking about this correctly, if there hadn't really been significant rules with respect to intangibles, right? Except that intercompany royalties, there's no deduction. That means that there's historically a buildup of IP within Brazil until you decide, you know what, I want to take it out of Brazil. And then because you haven't had well-articulated valuation rules on intangibles, you get to remove intangibles from Brazil at a non-arm's length valuation. So do you have rules that would trigger gains on in-kind dividends? Yeah, we do have some rules in Brazil. It's like an internal or domestic transfer pricing regulation, which we call disguised distribution of profits. And these rules, in some cases, may apply even to international transactions. And if that's the case, then you would need to conduct any transfer of assets on a fair value basis. On a fair value basis. Okay. Yes. Or many Brazilian taxpayers actually use transfer pricing to value IP transferred abroad instead. There's a lot of debate here in Brazil about when you should use one or the other. So that if you tried to dividend your IP to a foreign shareholder, would you trigger the built-in gain at that point? You probably would, right? Yes, probably. But on the other hand, we have rules stating that you can do a capital reduction without any tax consequence in Brazil. So if you do a capital reduction, you can actually take anything out of Brazil or transfer anything from a Brazilian company to its shareholder without tax consequences. So the Let's see what that means. So that basically, if you had invested, call it 100 in your Brazilian shares, so you have 100 basis in Brazilian shares, you could redeem at least some portion of your shares for Mm -hmm. 100. And if we did an in-kind distribution of IP in a capital reduction, we could get non-recognition of gain there. Exactly. So if it's a capital reduction, you can use your accounting basis to value the assets that are being distributed to the shareholders. But in any other transfer, in principle, you would have the possibility of the application of this disguised distribution of profits rules. Wait, 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 wait. So... All right. So your accounting basis with respect to your IP would have been amortized over the course of time. So it could 
potentially depending on how new your IP is or how much basis you continue to refresh because of developments, it potentially is a very low value. Exactly. You make a distribution. Yes. Okay. You pay nothing and there's no withholding tax because the rules still haven't changed despite the Brazilian tax reform proposals because those stalled. So that's almost an easy call because with respect to the IP still sitting in Brazil, now the royalties have to be arm's length. And so if you have not already extracted your valuable IP out of Brazil, do it now, right? Because going forward, you're going to get an inbound royalty for IP still sitting in Brazil, and it's going to be a lot higher because it's going to be valued correctly. And so if you're going to strip it out, do it now. Is that, Roberto, is that the bottom line there? Yes, you're right. I think this is the right way to look at it. We do have some types of corporate transactions where it's possible to do it without any tax consequence. So Mm -hmm. you pretty much are sometimes able to take the IP out of Brazil without any tax adjustment, any tax consequence, which is in the world as it is today, where intangibles are many times the most valuable assets a company may have. It's absurd. But as the new rules are promised to be, they are going to include also rules for corporate reorganizations, aiming exactly at issues like this. So you might have IPs or other assets that are included in a company that's going to be sold or transferred or in any way changed. The corporate structure is going to be changed. And today we don't have anything to deal with that. But the new rules are likely to have something to do with this kind of corporate reorganizations and transfer pricing. Maybe what we do then is move out all non-Brazilian rights, right? Because I do think there's still, I think the list of taxes that can happen when I make payments out, right? I don't know that we're getting rid of all of those. So if I'm Mm -hmm. thinking about a U.S. creditability issue and just making payments out of Brazil, I think it's still going to be challenging. Mm-hmm. So maybe Brazil keeps its rights, but the rest of the rights, I think to your point, we take this other way and get them out, right? And so you would look at, for example, their inbound royalties or whatnot. Who's paying withholding tax? U.S., right? <laughs> because there's no treaty, so they're paying 30% withholding. So where is it that you have significant expense with respect to those inbound royalties? Because the royalties are going to have to go up under the new rules, which means that your related withholding tax is also going to rise. So get rid of them now, make the distribution, and then if you distribute, say, to a foreign shareholder and that foreign shareholder immediately then, well, no, because it wouldn't have had, yeah, you you have a preservation of your built-in gain. You don't have a no, actually, under 311B, it doesn't matter whether Brazil taxes right. or not, right? You under take 311- it at fair market value. That's right. You're going to take it at fair market value under 311B. Oh, but if they're business assets, you don't get subpart F income treatment, right? You're going to end up guilty, being taxed under guilty, right? So that's 10.5%, give or take, probably take, as opposed to 21%. And then we just work through any allocation of expenses that would be associated or not, right? 
Exactly. But you don't have a Brazilian tax on at least a large portion, maybe even all of it, depending on the math. It's, It's a bunch of math. But you would get squeezed with foreign tax credits under guilty anyway. So maybe that's not the worst answer. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, there's a little analysis there, Kim. Right, I think we would have to look at the asset and just make sure that it's not an asset that creates subpart F income, right? Uh, figure out what the business rationale is and what support I have for the IP that I'm transferring. So there's probably some active versus passive view of that that we'd have to go through. I think you're right because if you let's see, if you think about it. And you had an intangible. Is it the case that non-Brazilian exploitation is within the business of that CFC? Maybe the answer is no. But it could actually work out. And from the Brazilian perspective, it sounds like there is a path. And so it's definitely something to think about sooner rather than later. Okay, so Roberto, what kind of timing are we talking about in terms of the development of these new rules? That's the big question today, Kim. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they didn't give us any fixed timeline or anything concrete, actually. They said that they're going to put it up for discussion with the taxpayers and the society as a whole. But we don't have a a timeline, a a bill of of law, or anything like it. Well, if we don't know when, and we're not sure how, do we know why this is happening? Well, I'm pretty sure that uh, the foreign tax credit has a lot to do with the moment and the issues that are being presented right now, because the foreign tax credit in itself is very urgent matter for Brazil and also for the US, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that they understood how big is this issue and that something needs to be done. And basically what I believe they did is they decided to put forward something that has been cooking for quite some time. And uh, it was probably already in large part done already. And they decided to, to show what they have to show at this point, but only in general terms so far. So it seems like very verse in approach from Brazil, right? Because it seems not too long ago we were talking about the dividend withholding tax and all of these changes and rules that were not particularly U.S. investor friendly, right? Now it seems that we have a complete shift and now we're looking at ways to make this work from a U.S. investor perspective. Is that true? Yes, I agree. So I believe that last year, one of the reasons why this project, this transfer pricing project was not put forward was exactly the fact that the government was dealing with more pressing issues, such as the dividend tax reform, like you said. Mm-hmm. But that was not approved. There was a lot of debate, but at the end of the day, it was kept the same. And this year, I believe that the big change is the FTC rule. Roberto, as I think about our clients with Brazilian subsidiaries and big investments in Brazil, it feels like we're telling them hurry up and make some changes. Are there some risks here if they do make changes and then these rules don't change? And what would those be? Well, if the rules don't change, 
heartening. I think that we are going to end up with a very complicated situation because the way we have it today, there's not a chance that the investors are going to take any credit for taxes paid in Brazil. So I don't see this as an option, actually. We need to do something here to adjust the system. And uh, that's pretty much it. Do you have elections coming up? The election is a risk that it doesn't happen right now. I would say that if the elections get very heated and the discussion starts to take all the attention and makes the Congress lose focus on more important issues, then yes, we may not see anything happening this year, for instance. But that would only mean that 2022 is going to be a bad year for the investors in Brazil and for anybody who has business with Brazil with withholding taxes. I thought that I had read somewhere that there were several significant companies that had announced intentions to invest in Brazil in the coming years. If they are U.S. companies, that would be the quickest way to get this done, right? That those U.S. companies go pounding on in to the Brazilian government and saying, I had already announced intentions, but I cannot, if my foreign tax credit gets denied and my cost of investments on an after-tax basis skyrockets, then I don't know that I can put as much into mm -hmm. Brazil. Everyone is talking about it. Everyone is talking to anyone that has some power to deal with this issue. So this is being done. The problem is we need the politics to work here in Brazil to make it happen. And this is an election year. So in terms of risks, I would say that uh, we do have very significant risk that the elections get in the way and we don't have a solution for this so as quick as we need it to. I don't foresee any treaty on the horizon either. Yes, the um, problem with the tax treaty when it comes to Brazil and the US or Brazil and the UK or Brazil and Germany is the fact that the Brazilian system taxes basically services whenever the cash for payment comes out of Brazil. So we tax them at source of payment and we don't use the concept of social production. So basically the concept that the US and other developed countries use is let's tax the services where it's done, where the service provider is. And there's the last piece of the credibility puzzle because we need to be aligned with respect to source income too to get credit for withholding tax. It's not just the Brazilian income tax we have to keep an eye on. And Brazil doesn't agree with that historically. Brazil has never adopted an attitude of aligning with this principle. On the contrary, we have always done everything we could to go against this. This is a policy that has been going on for decades in Brazil. So I would say this is pretty much the biggest obstacle to be overcame when it comes to tax treaties. And in this sense, we haven't seen anything positive from the tax authorities. Unlike the fact, unlike the tax transfer pricing regulation, unlike the royalty issue, where they are clearly trying to do something. When it comes to the taxation of services, we haven't seen 
any positive indication from them. Hmm. Court, what were the effective dates for the new U.S. foreign tax credit rules? So for our you know, calendar year taxpayers, they're effective now because I believe it's fiscal years beginning after December 28th. 2021. So calendar year now. And then for some of our fiscal taxpayers, we're starting with rolling the effective dates on those taxpayers as well. So it's a now issue for a lot of taxpayers and an imminent issue for those with fiscal periods. Not That's right. Year. For the rest. <laughs> it is upon us. So as we are today, we have a problem. Full stop. We need something to be done to address this problem. What we have now is a declaration of intent of something that would solve part of the problem. The measures that the tax authorities presented are measures that would solve the problem from a corporate income tax perspective. So we would actually be able to be considered as a general system, a general income tax system, that ticks the boxes of all four items in the FTC regulation, but not from a withholding tax, for instance. We would still have problems with the services, taxation of the importation of services, in some cases, probably importation of royalties as well. So we have a lot to do. And as I said, right now, we only have some good intention. So a brave new world in the offing at least the promise of one, and towards that, a giant step forward by Brazil. But it's a long path. We'll keep you posted. And in the meantime, be good, stay well. We'll speak again soon. You've been listening to Destination Country X. Thanks so much for tuning in. We look forward to speaking to you next time.